0: Welcome to episode 8 of the Highly Caffeinated highly caffeinated Oh, 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 oh. nearly fucked it. Oh, that was close. That was close, It was close. How are you doing, Shona?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. Are you all back, settled back in after Christmas and New Year?
1: Yeah, I felt like I was ready to come back to work, actually, after having some time off. Um, yeah, I felt refreshed, probably a little bit sick of um, chocolate, actually. <laughs> You're not a massive
0: chocolate fan, though, are you? Really? I'm
1: not massive, but I just ate so much. I was like, oh, I'm a bit sick of that now.
0: Danny's a chocolate. We have a chocolate themed, doesn't he? Isn't does he does like a bit of chocolate, yes. Right. <laughs> I have the same with Laura. She's an absolute chocolate freak. She's, <laughs> you. can't leave it in the house because she sniffs it out. Yeah, like leave I it hiding in a cupboard <laughs> and it's gone the next day. So. Uh,
1: yeah. How are you after your trip?
0: Good. Good. Uh, not bad at all. Um, same as you. Nice and refreshed and ready to get back to work. I think. Um, yeah. Kind of you know when you've you know you've had a good bit of time you've had the good quality time off and you're ready to get back to business yeah and get back to going stuff so yeah no it's been good uh, so we've got six questions today uh, number one thoughts on collagen
1: I will let you give your take on the fitness sort of industry and collagen but yeah I mean from a beauty perspective I know that collagen is quite a sought after um supplement because it's great for hair skin and nails. Um, but yeah in regards to fitness I'm actually not too sure.
0: Yeah this I think the best way to describe it is is that the evidence is sketchy at best mm. um, The um, there is apparently some studies that are looking at things like ligaments and joints and stuff like that because obviously collagen makes up these things. Yeah it may it may doesn't say it does it says it may help. Um, helps uh, your, your joints and ligaments uh, in terms of muscle building it's not a it's collagen is a protein but it's not a um, it's not a complete protein so got the it's made up of glycine proline and hydroxyproline um, and these are non-essential amino acids so don't contribute to muscle protein synthesis which is synthesis synthesis <laughs> even which is where obviously you're making your your the muscle is repairing, recovering and building. Yeah. So, um the only sort of thing with that is is there has been a study done that shows that it may improve fat free mass in older men undergoing resistance training. But again it's one study so we can't really take a huge yeah. amount from that. Um, I would expect
1: her to have, like you said, maybe some sort of benefits to the ligaments and tendons mm. given that it's it helps with the elasticity in the skin. Yeah. Uh, but yeah I don't know I don't know why there's not been that many studies uh, for it in the fitness industry given that it is quite a popular um, or it's in popular demand in the beauty industry
0: yeah I, I just don't I think the issue with things like taking it as a shake we don't know how much of it actually passes over oh, that's true, through yeah. your gut so actually is it better to take it is it potentially better in a beauty position to have it injected rather than in taking it, yeah, I don't uh, know. taking it uh, through the stomach? Uh, that's probably something else that we need to be looked at as well. And again, a lot of this stuff is dependent on studies, which obviously yeah. cost money. And mm-hmm. if you're go- wanting to build muscle, just a protein shake is going to be a better option for you. Do you know
1: who swears by it? Jennifer Aniston. Oh really? And she looks banging.
0: She looks like a whack of work. <laughs> well, <people> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> When exactly you got, when you've got more She's money than god it does help that you can oh, yeah. choose the best surgeons around but I will admit she looks she is she is still a 10 out of 10 um, so yeah but if she spares it and I think a lot of that kind of stuff as well as as we go on a lot of supplementation is by how what people think about okay oh, yeah. and that's not really a good way to look at it um, so yeah it's, it's an interesting one for muscle building probably not but yeah. for potential beauty benefits yeah. and I need the most elasticity in my skin <laughs> uh, I might start in, in taking cauldron um, number two ideas for batch cooking How, what do you normally do what do you normally set up batch cooking wise?
1: Um, we alternate between a, a week of a batch of chicken some sort of chicken thing I like making like a uh, a coconut creamy chicken yep. dish. Uh, so I'll batch cook that and that'll last me three to four days. Uh, and then the following week we do some sort of red meat, so it's usually um, chilli.
0: Nice. Um, do you do man chilli? Man chilli? With steak rather than mince. Oh! Diced steak rather than mince. It's banging
1: That would be quite good actually. I tried turkey mince the other day and I wasn't that a massive fan.
0: Turkey mints is something it's that... It's mostly
1: leaner, but, but you get 5% lean mince anyway, so... Yeah,
0: turkeys... The, the problem with turkey mints is that, and if you go for the lean turkey mints, it's like eating bits of cardboard, because yeah, it's, it's so really dry. dry. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. to And you need to season it well too. So, like, if I yeah. was taking in turkey mints, I would always use, like, one of the old El Paso taco mixes yeah. to give it, a bit of, give it a bit of taste, because uh-huh. it's pretty bland. Yeah, it's
1: bland.
0: Um, and chicken mince is even worse. <laughs> it is... Uh, you know I haven't tried that, so I don't even know what um. that would be like.
1: But no, but yeah, I'll alternate like that on a weekly basis um, just to keep it fresh and, and something different. Uh, I mean, I love my chilli that I make that lasts me three or four days. I'll happily eat that for a whole week. Yeah. Um, but I'll always, always uh, batch cook uh, broccoli and veg, so broccoli and asparagus, usually, because I love that. And I'll always have that as like my side green part yeah um,
0: as well what do That's, you batch cook um i'll batch cook so basically like on a sundays my batch cook is generally exactly the same as you i'll do one week will be chicken mm-hmm. and then a week later i'll be the week after it'll be red meat of some sort normally beef um and i quite enjoy batch cooking i love using my slow cooker so yeah. i actually ended up buying a second slow cooker over um christmas because obviously we were hosting but also the one that we currently have it's kind of. a You're bit. such a
1: housewife. I know. Oh my
0: God. I know. It's good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, loads of stuff. Chili, barbacoa. Um, I like actually doing like bulk, bulk, um, batch cooking of fajitas because the chicken yeah, starts yeah. to become like comes like pool chicken, um, which is quite cool when you're having. biscuit. Yeah. It's quite tasty. So yeah, anything like that, like plan it, prep it ahead of time, and it just makes life easier. Like
1: yeah, I'll freeze stuff as well. Like obviously, I I would be a bit. Uh, unlikely to eat something five days after I've cooked it if it passes the sniff test.
0: <laughs> I mean you your green chicken, Shona. <laughs> uh, I was talking I'll about that yesterday, actually, in another in, in uh, the podcast with Emma and Shona. Um, we were talking about that, like, oh, you know, how do you, how do you know when the chicken's off? Like, mm. ask Shona because she has no idea. <laughs> 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 this is green, it's, is it all right I to think eat? Yeah,
1: alright <laughs> But yeah, I would say, you know, freeze, but freeze half of it because then at least that saves you for the second half of the week having to prep again.
0: Yeah, so. absolutely. We do, we regularly do that. So it'll be like, I quite like doing batch, like a big sort of batch of like lasagna for dinners or oh, um, fish pie, uh, just bits and bobs like that. Yeah. So it just makes things, makes things easier. and You can freeze stuff and reheat it. Yeah. Make sure you reheat it properly because you don't want to get food poisoning. Yeah. Um, so yeah there's plenty of ideas and there's loads of good ideas and stuff like BBC um, Good Food and loads of stuff on things like Tasty which is a Facebook page for food um, loads of good stuff about batch cooking so um, we shall what we might do is actually let's um, let's do some little stories on Instagram and we'll pop them up about batch cooking that's always yeah. a good yeah yeah number three why do some people lose more than others when doing the same activity or less
1: I I feel really really sorry for the people who ask this question because you know that they are comparing themselves to somebody else who they know fine well uh, is in the same boat as them they've done less work and they've lost more weight um, and it is so destroying to, to see that happen because you know you put so much effort and energy into losing weight and then to see somebody perform at a lower standard and, and breathe it. yeah it, it's it is so destroying and it can knock you off your feet a bit but mm. there's so many factors that you have to take into consideration for this like genetics alone comes into play um you could be predisposed to being a certain shape but you're not necessarily going to be stuck with that you can you know you can work against it but you might have to work a little bit harder than somebody else erm mm-hmm. um, like what else what else comes into, f- into play there genetics I said sleep oh yeah yeah your recovery yeah stuff recovery
0: stuff it is you're totally right I think it's like such a it's there's so many variables that you come into this there is yeah it's like that it's like that remember when you were at school and you had that kid that was good at every sport yeah that was I'll put that was me <laughs> but and you're like you fucking dick but that was the, and they were just. It was just the fact that Did sometimes we blessed. Yeah, but also you've got to take into like lifestyle factors. Like, are you? Do you have family? Like, you're having to look after yourself and your family, whereas the other person's by themselves. They're single. Yeah. So they have no, none of the same like issues around that other stuff where you're prepping you for everybody rather than just one person. Yeah so there's so many reasons for this and I, you're totally right it's trying to get people's head it because it is such a it's such a mind fuck if you are you're sitting going i'm doing exactly the same as yeah. this other person and they're like they've just dropped like a stone in six weeks and i'm mm-hmm. only at like half a stone but i think you've also got to then re- reshift your thought process on that and completely forget about the other person and go I've, lost, I've shifted half a stone in six weeks happy days yeah like you've got to you've kind of got to reframe it slightly as well yeah. I think we always look at what other people are doing and compare yeah, exactly. ourselves to others when most of the time that's probably not a good idea
1: nah no, not really ethnicity comes into that as well actually absolutely yeah Um yeah there's just so. there is there's so many factors I would Mm, do I want to say? Yeah, I do think gender comes into it a little bit as well because more often than not, it is the males that find it easier to lose the weight. I i
0: find weight shifting very easy. Yeah. Like I'm gonna. We
1: um, I think our bodies are a little bit more stubborn. We want to hold on to fat because we are. You have. Feeding for. You're ch- holding a baby. For exa-
0: all that and that's it. That's the kind of stuff that you would have a look at and say. You know, these are the things that again you would never comp- The comparison between male and female is ridiculous, mm-hmm. because there are so many different factors there, even yeah. comparing female to female, again, you'll be predisposed to, to hold fat different mm-hmm. places, yep. you know, you may have other underlying issues that may involve like, things like that, so yeah. for instance, it's like going through the menopause you know, if you're going through the menopause, it becomes much harder um, with ah, the sort of, yeah. the, like, like sort of psychological or sort of the the mental stuff around that as well. Yeah, so, so age then as well then it comes. Yeah, to absolutely, well. there's so many factors and yeah. it's just it's this is the reason that you work with a coach is a coach is able to help you decipher the factors that are potentially hindering you and help you find a solution. Yeah. Not to fix it because you can't really fix the menopause or you can't fix you can you can't change your gender or you can't and you, you know you these things just don't work like that. But mm-hmm. a coach will help you navigate it and that's the sort of the beauty of having a coach. Yeah. Number four, starting my fitness journey, and I can train every day, so should I train seven seven out of seven days? No. Nope! (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Uh,
1: Apart from the fact that you are just starting your fitness journey, um, which means that a couple of days of training will genuinely floor you, absolutely floor you, uh, and it will shock your system a lot. So... The last thing you want to do is completely run yourself into ground by training seven days a week. It also gives you nowhere to uh, progress later on down the line if you start to plateau at seven days a week. So, if for example you train for two weeks in a r- two or three weeks in a row at seven days, um, and you start to plateau, wh- where do we have to go from there?
0: Yeah.
1: Where can you increase or progress? because you're
0: already training seven days a week yeah that's probably why my number one rule with working with people is is the fact that we have a toolbox of factors that we can work with so training nutrition recovery you cannot throw all of your tools out of the toolbox in one go because it leaves you with nothing to play with when weight or if it's trying to build muscle whether it's trying to lose body fat when it staggers and stagnates sorry and yeah. plateaus we need to have somewhere to go so training seven days a week the, the, the other issues with that stuff is as well as you train seven days a week you're not giving your body sufficient enough recovery time to be able to make the adaptations for um building muscle or strength and that uh, you don't have the time to recover so you probably all you're doing is if you're to look at it as like a a graph and a line all you're doing is, is you're recovering slightly and then kicking the the, the line drops slightly recovered in the line drops but as you want it to be over you want to say sort of push it up so that your recovery and your strength etc all move upwards mm-hmm. so training seven days a week is not going to work and doing that way if you're starting off I would always suggest that three days a week is probably ideal yeah that's Yeah, three days a week is yeah. ideal well, alongside the other habits that you'll put in place, such as steps per day, fruit and veg intake, um, and your calories and your you sort of looking at your nutrition as well. But three three per week is a good start. Yeah. If you can get four happy days, it's a bonus. But you still do need, especially starting out. Exactly, as Shona said. You know the fact that if you're starting out in your fitness journey, um, the DOMS and stuff, you will need a day's rest in there. Yeah. Between sessions. Um, but again that's the thing that you can look at if you can only train three consecutive days you could certainly train three consecutive days but you would want at least two days rest after that yeah less is more yeah and we've also got to we've also got to remember that exactly exactly that that um more isn't necessarily better no
1: um i would actually go as far as to say that's probably counterproductive absolutely you're probably not going to lose the weight that you want to lose by training seven days a week
0: Nah. well also as well you think about it when you train if you're training seven days a week, your appetite's going to increase. So if you're trying to cut body fat and you're on a deficit, yeah, just making life your appetite's difficult. going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. Uh, and your energy level's are going to be low as well, so it's completely counter, counterproductive to yeah. trying to cut body fat. So, yeah, definitely. Um, number five, how does a normal day or week look for you as coaches? Ooh. This probably changed weeks, weeks to week, to be fair. It kind of does. Week to week? Weeks
1: to week um, well every Monday uh, I have my regular clients that I see and then I do three to four hours of check-ins and check that all my clients are set up and ready for the week online so if there's any alterations or macro manipulation that I need to do for them that is all done and ready at the start of the week uh, Tuesday I'll do a lot of online content a bit of reading research maybe as well just so that I've got some stuff that I can post up on my content um, Wednesday again similar I've got my face-to-face clients and then a few check-ins midweek as well just to check up on the clients and see that they're actually ticking off their habits That's you've got sick. to check up on them see that they're doing what, they, what I've asked of them <laughs> um, and then Thursday is quite full on with face-to-face clients as well um, Friday I have off actually I don't really work but, as in in, in, in the unit, but I do a lot of online stuff in the background, and I do my last lot of check-ins before the weekend. So, yeah, it's quite a good full-on week, actually.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of similar. It's a mix between um, face-to-face clients. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, how I kind of run things now is that I don't really work evenings, so I'm working six o'clock in the mornings probably my early start and finish about lunchtime, which is great, which gives my afternoons available for admin, for podcasting. Although we're doing this podcast at tw- half past nine <laughs> in the morning, but you know, these things, you know, it's it, it gives you when you're starting. Obviously, this actually runs into the next question, so I'll not go too much into this, but you do need as a coach to have time to yourself you yeah. do need time and you ha- also have to remember that you know if so it's great if you're it's great if you're single you have no 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 yeah. around you you can do whatever you want you can do split shifts you can do um you can go back and forward to the gym etc or train or work or whatever you're doing but to be able to have a good work-life balance you need to be able to um have these things all balanced nicely uh, and uh, to be fair, I think that over the last couple of years, my work-life balance has become much better, and I'll, I'll, I'll say that Shona's has definitely got better over yeah, the last year as well. Your work-life balance better. is much better, um, and it makes you a more bright, happy coach, and your clients will get the most. will get more out of it when you're like that. Yeah. So yeah, but no, nah, um, weeks change. Weeks change because obviously we're also very. Quite flexible in terms of when our clients, if clients need to change yeah. sessions and stuff, but yeah, they're they're. Um, it's about setting a week up for yourself, really, isn't it? Yeah. Especially when you're self-employed.
1: We're both very good at allocating time in a day to train ourselves and have that switch off.
0: Yeah. That's going to cut That'll come yeah. into the next. Because that's one of my big ones for the next question. Ah. Um, so well, let's move on. To carry the next, on let's then. Let's move on to the next <laughs> question. So this one's a this is a good one because it's something that um, it, the the question is what advice do you have for a new personal trainer mm-hmm. the do's and the don'ts so i'll start off with a don't right so when i was doing my pt qualifications there's a guy um, glass guy called martin coo who was my mentor and like the lecturer on the, the course that i did uh-huh. this guy was he hell- was brilliant Um I think he was fr- he was from Hong Kong, but with like the maddest Glasgow accent. Oh ever But he was so funny. So one of his one of his very first one of his very first don'ts as a personal trainer was don't fuck your clients. <laughs> and I have worked with that for twenty two years and still never done, never been there. And the number of <laughs> the number of um, horror stories that you hear from coaches who decide to dabble with their clients is just it's beyond it's it's embarrassing it's not clever is it it's it's embarrassing and it's not clever
1: it's a loss of money as well if it goes
0: tits up it's a loss of money if it goes tits up and then also you have the potential that they're like oh seeing as we're uh, seen as we're doing this um, you know we could uh, you could you could give me it for free no (laughs) 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 that's so yeah so that's my number one Um, but I'm pretty sure that most people will get that you don't do that you don't don't shit don't shit in your own don't shit in your 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 food plate um do you have any advice that's that's obviously a, a fun one but what kind of advice would you give as a, if for a new personal trainer or a new coach coming onto the, onto the scene do
1: you know I would say just don't don't hold back because obviously now things are very much um, social media driven Instagram Facebook etc I wouldn't hold back on posting content and wondering if it's good enough because in a year's time you will look back on the posts that you did and they will be shy. Yeah. Every year, I look back at the old posts. I'm like, well, that was a bit shit." Uh, but also gives you know, it a chance to re to,
0: to repost it and yeah, make it better. And make
1: it yeah, exactly. You're always going to learn more things um, and develop your your ability to to be a better PT. So yeah, I would just always say you yeah, don't don't hold back. Just do your best, and you'll always progress anyway. Because yeah. you're always going to learn more and you know more new things
0: yeah m- the big one exactly that is education like you need to be continuously educating yourself yeah whether yeah. that's doing whether it's reading whether it's looking at sort of um, listening to other people's podcasts whether it's uh, seminars workshops mm-hmm. all these kind of things um, obviously we have the sad thing is is that I, 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 maybe 10 years ago I started a business that was a uh, a, a business that was like running sort of educational seminars for the fitness industry and the, the issue that you have is, is that people don't want to pay for learning new things they don't and, and yeah. it's quite sad like i know for a fact that you are more you're more than happy to put your hand in your pocket and go and pay for a, a workshop or a seminar or coaching if you need an area that you need to work on yeah, I've seen you yeah, do yeah. it I've seen you do it and yeah. I'm, I'm the same like over the last cu- over this year uh, over sorry 2022 I think I did probably less than you but I did about five workshops slash seminars slash like online learning things and yeah. um, that helped me as a person as a coach and help my clients yeah so continuous education you will never know everything that actually um, we we but hey, we both worked with a, a guy called Mark Flanagan who was one of my lecturers at college and he's a, an amazing personal trainer He's, he's a, he cuts up dead bodies now to look at the fascia and how the muscle works he's <laughs> ultra smart but he put up a real cool post about um, as you get into the fitness industry you try to, um, you try to show off about how much you know the longer you're in the, per- the, the, the the fitness industry, it's actually about um, you, you show how much you don't know and that you still have to learn. Yeah. Because that's basically what it is. It's like, you know, it's a forever moving industry. The thing yeah. changes daily and we need to keep up with it. Yeah. But um,
1: yeah, I would agree with that. I, I always say as well for, for do's, for PTs, new PTs, um, if you're male or female, doesn't really matter I, I do think you need to spend a bit of time researching the differences between genders male and female Absolutely. because it is so important that you understand the way that a, a female's body works in comparison to a male with their cycle patterns when they come to a point where they may be perimenopausal and then menopausal so it's it's really really important that you understand how that the body functions and um, Basically, so that you have a better connection with your client that you're working with.
0: That, I always I always say this because like obviously being male, yeah, working with female clients, I have to say to them like anything like this comes up, time of the month, you know, all these kind of things. You need to tell me like I'm not gonna. Whereas twenty two years ago when I first started, somebody went. It's I'm I'm on my period. Fucking too much information! Oh my god! Come on! I don't need to know this. Do I need a first aid now, What's happening? But. Yeah, it's the the industry is changing. If you as a male coach do not know your um, the details of what happens in comparison for males and females, yeah. you need to learn. Um, that's something that's ma- definitely massive, massive uh, learning curve, and there are some great uh, some great resources out there to be able to mm-hmm. learn from. Um, but yeah, you have to you have to know the differences that what happens between male and female. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean don't get me wrong like read the room you'll have clients who really do not want to share that information with you (laughs) so don't pester them for it but you know if a client is willing and open to tell you about that eh, it's worth doing because you can incorporate that into the training sort of circles yeah yeah, totally totally
0: Um other advice for a new PT I would always suggest that you if possible work with a mentor like work with someone like even if it's someone that's in a local gym that you not doesn't need to be successful but it's a good coach learn uh, to be a good coach you need to be able to bounce off somebody and um, whether that's on working with somebody who like distance learning and taking some knowledge of people who have been doing this for a long time so you know i was lucky enough to have a couple of very good mentors when i was working obviously i mentioned one already martin um, and then a couple of other coaches like Mark Flanagan yeah. um, across the years when I was doing stuff um, and yeah I think that that was a massive learning curve for me because these people have been there, they've done it, they've made mistakes they've learned from those mistakes they've kept it and they're still in the industry I think as in, as a personal trainer as a, as a personal trainer or coach I think the numbers are still very very high on failure rate within the first year yeah I remember at one point it was in the low 90s, but I actually think it's probably, probably similar now, that, that over 90% of people are back working in a different industry within, yeah. a, within a year of going self-employed or full-time in that industry. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is, like I see, I see why those, because obviously I'm a bit of a gym slot, so yeah. I, I, I heard myself out around a few different gyms, <laughs> I enjoy uh-huh. training in different atmospheres. But you see different, you see coaches not interacting with people like, yeah. if you work in a commercial gym where there are loads of people coming through the door, you need to be going and speaking to people. You need to be going up and asking. And I'm not talking about hard selling, going up and go. do you want personal training? It's gonna cost you this to get a PT. You need to go in and it's, you play the long game. So you go in and things, just just having a rapport with the customers going in and going oh what's it you're working today oh if you tried this try that you know do the give that walk away and you do that for three or four weeks and then after six weeks they're like actually this guy knows or girl knows what they're talking about i'm gonna go work with them because i want to learn more um but there's hardly honestly the number of people number of coaches or number of uh, fitness instructors coaches personal trainers whatever you want to call them that don't do that yeah it baffles me like we are very lucky to be in a position where people come to work with us now we don't have to go looking for people they come to work with us and we're very or very honored that people do that and come and come out their way to look for us but if you're starting off in the industry you need to know how to work with people yeah um, the number of people the number of people that i've obviously seen oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, work in the gym because it looks great it looks easy and like they have no customer service skills yeah they don't know how to speak to people we work with people from teenagers 18 17 18 right the way through to people who are in their 60s you need to be able to switch how you speak to people all the way through that but you also need to be able to work with all those people yeah and i think that's probably the biggest thing is is you need to understand people like yeah. i think that's a huge one for huge one for me that's one of my frustrations with the industry is seeing people in a position as a coach who actually don't know how to converse.
1: Yeah the the last one I would say which is a massive do for new PTs it might be a bit controversial I don't know but I think (laughs) you need to practice what you preach okay Um, you could be slightly overweight as a personal trainer and I understand that you will have the knowledge to support what you're doing Um, You could be the most knowledgeable person in that industry. If you're overweight, you may potentially lack a little bit of respect from your clients. If you're telling them to be at a reasonable body weight when you are overweight yourself, because you're not practicing what you preach, you're maybe not in the best health state possible, you know, to then hand out information to other people or advice. So I do think as a PT, you are a walking advert for your business. Do the best you can to promote it by being in the best possible condition you can be in.
0: Yeah, I, and I think that's you know I, I I agree with I agree with that. I think that people when they're looking for a coach don't have a look at your qualifications. Yeah, they don't. They don't look at it. It's not like they going to LinkedIn and have a look. Oh, I wonder what this person's qualifications are. They look at you and go, this person's in decent shape. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is that there are folk in great shape who are fucking idiots yeah. that work in this industry and they're fucking. They're they're useless. Sh- you yeah, get business because of that. Yeah. So, as people need to look past need to look past that facade, but also you are you are an advert for it. So mm-hmm. provided that you're giving out good content, you're giving out good advice. You know you're knowledgeable, you're educated, and you, I think that is the kind of final tick box for a lot of clients looking at, at taking on a coach is Does this person walk the walk? Yeah. Or do they just talk the talk? Absolutely. And that's. And we kind of need to and the sad thing is we need to understand that and, and move it move with it so um but apart from that like there's we could we could be here for hours giving out advice for mm. people who are new pts i would always suggest that you that my probably biggest takeaway would be that you or biggest takeaways are don't fuck your clients <laughs> C- continuously educate yourself keep learning you will never learn too much and um, uh, actually, along with learning, what I would suggest is that you also try. You also need to understand how to put it to, across to people who aren't in the industry. We are not here to fr- get an ego bump from your peers. Mm-hmm. I'm not writing content or delivering sessions for someone who is uh, a a fitness industry elite. Yeah. I'm writing and writing content and working with people who ha- want to have a basic knowledge of the understanding. You need to be able to translate. The information that you pick up to their level yeah um, and then I would again I, I know it's I would always look to try to find a mentor someone who will help you um, move forward because again like what stuff do you like things like tax returns all these things like you don't as a new PT, these are things that will come up and you don't know about them. So yeah, yeah, I, I would do too. that. I would definitely get some, yeah. try to get someone. You know, there's loads of good business coaches out there for online, comp, like the online side of stuff at the moment. But I'm not sure there's that many out there for actual in person personal trainers. No. Um, so yeah, but that's what I would have looked at. But that's it. Questions six done. Uh, oh. We are now on Instagram. We have the at highly. Underscore caffeinated underscore F (laughs) W I. That's what it is. Um, So yes, we're on Instagram with that. So if you have any questions, anything like that, ping us on there. But you'll also get us on our Instagram handles, which is yeah, shred with Shona Shona and and Andy underscore ESG Fitness. Again, we would love if you could give us a rating on Spotify or Apple or wherever it is that you rate your you you listen to your podcast. And also, screenshot your listening the the screenshot it, stick it up on social media and tag us in it. It's massively beneficial for us getting our audience to be bigger so we can help more people. And also, we're a couple of good folks and we're just here to help you. So Yeah. Anyway, that's episode eight done. How's that eight episodes already? I know it's fine. It's quite a bit fun. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and we'll be back next week with episode nine. Bye. ciao